Thank you, Patsy and Miss Charlotte. So I'll go ahead and open up to the book of Luke, chapter 1. And we're almost through chapter 1, amen? We're almost there. And I hope you guys are um, learning something from this as much as I'm learning. Um, but if you're not, that tells me that you're also not studying as I'm studying. And so you know that we're walking through the book of Luke. So what should you be reading throughout the week before you get here on Sunday? The book of Luke, right? I want you guys to do that. If we're all studying, all on the same page, God will speak to us. And so y'all study this book of Luke as I'm studying and as we walk through it as a church. Let's gain something from it together. Amen? That's what this is all about. Uh, man, I'm excited. I, I don't... 18 salvations. I don't have an intro. Okay? I'm just going to preach. I want to pray. I'm so excited. And so we're just going to jump in. Amen? Let's do it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, you are so good. Uh, Father, we praise you for that, Lord. I pray that um, you would calm my excitement down, God, that you would speak clearly to us today, God, that you would remove me out of the way, uh, but God, that you would speak through us, Lord. I pray that as we look at Zechariah and um, his, his journey, God, that we would be challenged in our obedience, God. Um, that we would um, see your mercy and your hand working upon us, God, and that we would choose to be obedient to you. In your sons, let me pray. Amen. 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 All right. Uh, Luke chapter 1, and we're going to start in verse 57. And I'm reading out of the English Standard Version, and it says this. Y'all follow along with me. It says, Now the time came for Elizabeth to give birth, and she bore a son. And her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown great mercy to her, and they rejoiced with her. And so if you haven't been walking with us, I'll just give you, I'm not going to recap the whole story, but Elizabeth is this older woman, and she's been barren her whole life, and all of a sudden, the Lord chose to show mercy to her and allowed her to conceive a baby. And now, nine months later, here it is, the baby is born, but the journey's a lot more than that. The, the father, Zechariah, the angel of the Lord, came to him, and that's who God chose to speak to. After 400 years of silence, they hadn't heard a word from the Lord for 400 years. God broke his silence to Zechariah and said, your wife is going to have a son. And Zechariah's issue was, man, he, he, he had doubt. He had unbelief that God could do this. That, this. that given an older woman who's been barren her whole life, for all of a sudden for her to have a child. And, and, and so now, nine months later, here we are. The baby boy is born, gave birth, and she bore a son. And her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown great mercy to her, and they rejoiced with her. Now, what that's telling us is that God's word is true. When God says something, it is true. Period. God makes a promise. He fulfills it. God says something. We know that it is true. He promised them, you are going to have a baby boy. Nine months later, here we are. Here's the baby boy. And all of a sudden, the whole community, family, relatives, those second, third cousins you didn't even know about, here they come. They're showing up because they heard that something miraculous just happened. You see, the people, they didn't know what God promised Zechariah and, and Elizabeth. They didn't hear God speak because God only spoke to Zechariah. All they heard was all of a sudden, my cousin or my, my aunt, my neighbor Elizabeth, that old woman, she just had a baby. 
And so here they come, just like the whole family does. They show up, right? They're all there at the hospital. They're all swarming around. And here they are. They're celebrating the fact that the Lord showed his mercy. And that's what God does. God's mercy is the best thing for your life. And how God decides to give us mercy is he decides to do big things in our lives that we do not deserve, that we can't comprehend. There's no way that an older woman who's been banned her whole life can have a baby other than God's mercy. That's it. There's no other way to point to 18 salvations in one week other than God's mercy. You guys don't hear me this morning, huh? There's no other way to point to this fact right here that she has had a baby boy other than the Lord. Look at verse 58. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown great mercy to her. And they rejoiced with her. Here they come. They're celebrating the fact that the Lord's mercy is good. It's all we sing about. You are good. Oh, man, you're good. Lord's mercy is good. Now look at verse 59. And on the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child. And they would have called him Zechariah after his father. But the mother answered, no, he shall be named John. And they said to her, none of your relatives is called by this name. And they made signs to his father inquiring what he wanted him to be called. All right. So here, here's a part of the celebration. Right. We, and, and here's the cool thing. Let me back up. The angel said all these people are going to rejoice over your baby. Right? And here's a part of that fulfillment. That's not the whole fulfillment of that. But part of it, here they come. They're celebrating this baby. And a part of that celebration is the circumcision. Right? I mean, that's the, the promise. That's a, a big deal. Eight days after a baby's born, um, God made a covenant between his people um, that you, you circumcise the baby on the eighth day. Um, and it's kind of like, you know, um, God was saying, uh, this is like your mark to me. You're my people. I'll be your God. You'll be my people. Mark yourself. Here's the circumcision. Right, we can get into that, but I don't like talking about it. It's weird and it hurts, and so I don't want to talk about it. Um, if you don't know what it is, um, go ask uh, uh, Brian Smith, and he'll give you the whole doctor medical side to it. Right? But they knew that on the eighth day, they're going to circumcise this baby, and this baby John would be marked. And he would be charged to do the Lord's work. That's the whole thing of this whole story. That Zechariah, here comes the um, the angel Gabriel saying, this baby boy has one mission. He's going to be the forerunner to Jesus Christ. He's going to come in the spirit of Elijah, preparing the way for the day of the Lord. That's this baby. That's the mission of this baby. And so here they come, they're celebrating this, they're, they're doing the, um, the circumcision, right? And, and here's, here's what's funny, because this family kind of reminds me of my family and maybe some of your family. All of a sudden, here's everyone at the hospital. And like I said, that second cousin that you never see unless there's like a barbecue, right? Here they come and everyone's expecting to name the baby, right? Like, like it's their job to name this baby, right? It's not the parents' job because they don't know what they're doing, obviously. They say, what's the baby's name going to be? It's Zechariah, right? It's going to be Zechariah the third or whatever. I don't know his whole lineage, but it's going to be Zechariah Jr., right? And, and here comes Mary, and she says, no, the baby's name is John. The baby's name is John. And if you go back a few verses, you'll see that the angel specifically told him that you were going to name this baby John. His name will be John. And so I want you to think about that for a second. Because, uh, here's read it one more time. Uh, verse 61, or verse 60. His mother said, 
No, he shall be called John. And they said to her, None of your relatives is called by this name. And they made signs to his father inquiring what he wanted them, him to be called. And so I want you to kind of put yourselves in, in the community's shoes. She has neighbors there. There's family there. They're all celebrating this, birth, this miraculous God-mercy-given birth. And they're all confused. Why wouldn't you name him Zechariah? Because think about this. For years, his whole entire life, he's an old man. He's always wanted a son, right? I mean, he's a priest. He wanted to pass on. In that culture, they wanted to have a baby. Some, some families don't, right? Some families today, like, they get married. I don't want to bring a kid into this world. They did. Right? That was their culture. A baby meant everything to them. And so the, even their family and their community, they're going, wait a minute. God just blessed you, and you don't want to name him after what are you doing? Why, why are you naming him John? What kind of name is John? And so they do um, exactly what my family would have done. They skipped the mother and went to the father. Because <laughs> mom, all of a sudden, she's not obviously listening, right? She just had a baby, so she don't know what's going on. Right? But the father does. They skip straight over to the father and they say, Zechariah, don't you know what your wife is trying to do? Your wife is trying to name his baby John. Who is John? What kind of name is John? Zechariah, what are you doing? What kind of name? Why would you name your son John? Zechariah, aren't you going to do something? What they did not know is that John translated is the Lord has given grace. That's John's name. The Lord has given grace. Amen. Golly. That the baby that God chosen. To be the man who would grow up to be the man to literally pave the way for Jesus Christ. Who is the grace of God. Right? That's why they're wondering, what, wait, what's going on with this name John? The Lord has given grace. That's grace alone. This entire story that God would trust a man and a woman with this mission to raising the kid who would grow into the man who would lead the way for Jesus Christ to come. Who would go, and we're going to talk about John. I love John. John's crazy. I, 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 I want to model my life, my preaching, my ministry after the way that John did it. And we'll talk about that soon, right? But here comes John. That's God's grace that God would even provide a baby named John to prepare the way for the real grace of God, Jesus Christ. Right? And so let's read again, verse 62. And they made signs to his father, inquiring him, what will be his name? What would he be to call? Right? And Elizabeth gets a little sturdy, and she says no. They go to the father, right? And, and so I want you to remember um, what's going on with Zechariah. Can't speak. Can't speak, can't hear, right? Because here comes the angel, back, backtrack a little bit, right? Here comes the angel, and the angel says, this is what's going to happen, you're going to have a baby boy. And Zachariah's response to this was, how will this be done? He, he had unbelief that God was actually going to be able to do this. And the angel rebuked him, and in his unbelief and his disobedience, shut his mouth, and I, I'm going to go ahead and say he was, he was um, deaf too, because they had to make signs to him. Right? Completely shut him down for nine months. Could not speak until it was the right appointed time. And we're going to get to that here in a second. But for nine months, Zechariah couldn't talk. He couldn't hear. He had to do weird signs because of his unbelief and his disobedience. 
And so with all of his friends and family around, they're trying to tell him, hey, look what Mary's doing. She's trying to name your son after someone else, right? What's going on here? And, he, and they're trying to figure out, you can tell that he's frustrated. And so look what he does here. Verse 63, and he asked for a writing tablet. Okay, now hold on. This isn't an iPad, okay? This isn't your, your little, little uh, nook or whatever you got at home from Walmart. This is an actual, he had to write this down, right? And he asked for a writing tablet and wrote, His name is John. His name is John. And they all wondered. They started questioning, right? They started questioning because they didn't understand exactly what the angel was doing here. And they didn't understand what, what was happening when Zechariah was going through this process of nine months of not being able to speak, thinking about his actions, thinking about what the Lord was doing, seeing his old barren wife get bigger and bigger and happier and, and, and going through all these emotions through pregnancy. They didn't understand what he was going through. They didn't understand the whole big picture. But look at his response one more time. He said, his name is John. He didn't write, well, guys, look, there's a long story behind this. Just get over it. He didn't respond with, man, you guys are right. Let's, let's name him after me. He said his name is John. That is complete and total obedience to what God was calling him to do. His name is John. I want you to look at his faith for a second. Look at that transition from going from God. How are you going to do this? This is impossible. To going through the pregnancy, to not being able to speak, and nine months later, his heart has been transformed, his heart has been trans, um, uh, transformed, and he is now being completely and total obedient to God, going, God, I know this is real. I know your word is true. Here it is. His name is John, because that's what God said his name is going to be. Complete transformation. Complete an utter transformation because he all of a sudden was now obedient. Look at his faith. Look at his faith. His name will be John. And I want you to see what happens next because this is key right here. Look at verse 63. And he asked for a writing tablet and wrote, His name is John. And they all wondered. And immediately his mouth was open and his tongue loosed. And he spoke, blessing God. And fear came upon all their neighbors. And all these things were talked about through all the hill country of Judea. And they all heard them laid up in their hearts saying, What then will this child be? For the hand of the Lord was with him. Look at that for a second. Look at what his obedience to the Lord, what happened. All of a sudden he decided, okay, this is all real what God was speaking is true. I can trust it. I'm going to be obedient. As soon as he became obedient, he wrote, his name is John. God opened his mouth, opened his ears. And for finally, after nine months, he was able to speak. And the first thing that he does is praise and bless the Lord. He worshiped God. The first thing he does. Now, I want to ask you guys for something. Let me ask, let me ask you a question here. Right? What would, have you, what would you have said in that moment? How many of you would have been frustrated? How many of you would have, have complained? For nine months, you had to make, you, had to, you were the weird one. You couldn't talk, you couldn't hear, you were making signs, trying to write on stuff. For nine months, 
the suffering, and not just that, the suffering of his whole life, never being able to produce a child. What do you say after you come through a difficult time? When you are struggling and you're suffering and your world around you is falling apart and you finally come out on the other side because we come out on the other side. The Lord's strength is good. And when you rely on the Lord's strength, you come out on the other side. But when you do come out on the other side, what is the first thing out of your mouth? What is the first thing that comes out of your mouth when you go through some difficult time? Because know this, our suffering will either make us bitter or it will make us better. Y'all need to hear that. Our suffering will make us bitter or it will make us better. I, I think I quoted this a few weeks ago. And you got, I, I love Christian hip-hop, right? Y'all know that. Andy Mineo said, if I never had pain, I bet you I would have never prayed. You can't know that God is good. I, I love what Camille said. You can't know that God is good until all of a sudden you realize, man, God is good. We can know all these things about God. God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. But until you personally look and see, okay, God, this is what you promised me. This is what you're doing. Here's my suffering. I don't know how to get through this, but I know you are providing for me. You're pulling me through. Your hand is upon me. God, you are good. Here comes Zechariah. Finally decides to be obedient. I No more doubt. No more. I, God, you are good. John is his name. Here he comes. And just like his son, when he leaped in the womb. You guys remember this? When, Jesus, when Mary, a little baby fetus Mary, right? Here, or Jesus comes in with Mary, right? The baby inside of Elizabeth leaped. You guys remember that? That's a difference between move and leap. He leaped. And as soon as Zechariah's mouth was open, grace and praise and worship all leaped out of his mouth. All of it. God is good. I, and we're going to, next week, I, I, want you to get, I want you to get excited. Next week, we're going to listen to his praise. We're going to talk about that next week, about what Zachariah was praising and worshiping for. Here's a little, here's a little hint for you. It's about Jesus. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, spoiler alert. That's right. It's all about Jesus. But look at what obedience does. I want you to see what God's mercy does. Look at verse 65 again. And Fear came on all of their neighbors and all these things were talked about throughout all the hill country of Judea. And all who heard them laid them up in their hearts saying, What then will this child be? For the hand of the Lord was with them. The result of Zechariah's obedience and God's mercy was that their entire community, friends, family, just random people, neighbors, all their community experienced a healthy fear of God. Proverbs 9.10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of what? Wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. All of a sudden, words started spreading around that God was doing something big in Zechariah and Elizabeth's life. All of a sudden, the world around town, the word around town was that God's hand was moving and doing something that only God Himself can do. And at this point, don't think that, you know, the God, like I said, there was a 400 year gap where God said, cool, I'm going to be silent now. You guys do what you want to do. I want to be silent. 400 years later, he speaks to Zechariah and then speaks to Mary. But Zechariah's obedience, now the word is really spreading. God's moving again. God's doing something. And this hill country, it kind of reminds me of Dolphin Valley a little bit, don't you think? In this old hill country, we know that God's good because God used to do big things then. But guess what? God's doing something now. Amen. 
and words starting to spread around Zechariah. And then everyone's talking about she had a baby. This baby's going to be something big. But I want to tell you exactly the principle stays the same in 2018. Because when you become obedient, when you decide, I want you to look at me. If when you decide to be obedient, word's going to spread. When you decide to be obedient in your own life, God's going to do something big. This is not prosperity. This is the reality of what it is. When you decide to follow God, your life will change. And the word will spread that your life has changed because who you used to be before you were obedient is not who you are now because you're obedient. And things will look different. Your friends will notice. Your family will notice. All of a sudden, you're not the guy who gets drunk all the time. You're the guy who's inviting people to church. What's that about? The word will spread. All of a sudden, you're not the girl who, who cares about what she looks like and all this stuff, and you're trying to go around trying to find the next day. Now you're the girl who's praising God wherever she goes. What's that about? All of a sudden, you're not the older person who, who used to sit down at the church and, and, and really just kind of let everybody else do, do, do their thing. Now you're the older person in the church who's discipling the younger people in the church, and everyone's going to go, what's that about? What is God doing? Your life, when you become obedient, will change and the word will spread that God's mercy is good. Now, let me tell you how this works. Because I don't think you really get it yet. This is how that works. When Dumplin' Baptist decides to become obedient to what God is calling us to do here. Not to mimic other churches. Not to, our legacy is awesome, but not to live in our past. We, we remember our past and I celebrate our past. 220 years, we celebrate that. Amen? Amen? But when we decide to become obedient at Dumplin' Baptist Church and obedient to what God is calling us to do, the word will spread. Not the word that, oh, look at what the pastor's doing there, what the church is doing there, but the word of God and his mercy and his goodness and the gospel will spread. You don't believe me? When you decide to become obedient to do a vacation Bible school, we'll have the most well-attended vacation Bible school that we've had in a long time. Right, Karen? When you decide to pray for the kids that they would get something, all of a sudden they bring 800-something cans to donate and serve their community. Y'all don't see me yet? When you decide to become obedient as a church and pray for salvation, we prayed for salvation for several months on Sunday night throughout the week. When you become obedient as a church and pray for salvation, we have 18 kids come to Christ. You have to decide to become obedient. This isn't prosperity. This this is the Lord's mercy in his hand being upon us. Nothing that we're, we're just, God, okay, I'll listen. It's not because we're great or we're doing, it's we're disobedient. God, you are in control. I'll, I'll listen. But I hope that you don't have to have your mouth shut and your ears closed before you decide to become obedient. That's what happens to churches. The door shut. When they don't decide to become obedient, door shut. God's doing something here. I give him all the credit. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just, okay, God. Y'all keep praying for me, all right? But when we decide to become obedient, God sees that our diligence and our dedication 
Just like the Acts church, they were all dedicated to, to praying for each other and to serve each other and dedicated to the scriptures. And, and, and so when we are diligent to worship and to serve and disciple, because that's our, our what? What is that? Worship, serve, disciple. That sounds familiar. That's kind of our church vision, right? When we decide to do that, man, word's going to get out. The, the right word, the word of God. Look at Zechariah's obedience and what God's mercy did, even through his suffering. Couldn't talk for nine months. I got a story for you. Uh, there's this guy who, um, I, <laughs> the guy who decided he wanted to become a monk. So he went to his monastery and he, he filled out all his applications. And he had to take a seven-year vow of silence. And after seven years, he could break his silence and say two words. Okay? And so the first seven years go by, and, and all the elders come together, and, and they're all excited, you know, to see what he's learned in the seven years. And, and they sit down, and everyone's in the room, and they're all like, okay, what's he going to say? And he opens his mouth, and <clears throat> kind of clears his throat, and he goes, floor cold. Because that's where his bed, his, his bed was on the floor. Floor cold. Seven years go by, right? He's doing all this thing, seven years. Um, all the elders get together, and they're all talking, okay, maybe he'll learn something different, you know, like... Maybe he'll be excited to talk. And, and so they sit down and, and he clears his throat and he, <clears throat> and he gets two words and he says, food bad. Okay? Can't talk for seven years. Four cold, food bad. And then seven more years go by and, and they're all thinking, oh man, what's this guy going to say this time? And so they all come together and they sit down and, and he kind of looks at them and clears his throat and he says, I quit. I quit. And they go, of course you do. You're, all you've done is complain this whole time you've been here. Right? All you've done is complain. But I want you to listen to me. Your mouth brings out what's in your heart. I want you to know that. Matthew 15, it talks about, Jesus is specifically talking um, in, in that context about food and, or washing their hands before um, his disciples ate. And, and the Pharisees were kind of getting on to him. Like, how, how come you're not making them wash their hands? And, and he says something that's pretty profound. He says, what comes out of the mouth um, is the overflow of the heart. Zechariah, man, his heart was changed. Nine months, he couldn't speak. He couldn't, nothing. And he went from unbelief to obedience because something in his heart changed. And some of you today need to have a heart check. Because I don't know if you can go nine months without saying a word. And when your mouth finally opens, praise is going to come out of it. I know a lot of you in here, and, and, and I struggle with this too, but we have to be praising God regardless of our circumstances. We can't let our circumstance stop us from praising God because God, regardless of our circumstances, is always good. Always good. If you can't serve God without complaining, then there's something going on in your heart. If you can't come to church and you can't serve your neighbors and you can't serve your family, if you can't do something in the Lord's name without complaining or looking for praise, you, you need a heart check. Philippians even tells us, do all things without grumbling. And, and so if you're serving in order to get praise, then literally you're only serving yourself. If you come through your suffering and go, man, look what I've done, then you've only relied on your own strength, and I bet you, you really didn't get through it. I bet you there's still some parts of your heart that's still in that suffering. You can't... Man, Zachariah's obedience and God's mercy, I want you to look with... It lit, literally lit a fire throughout their community. 
It lit a fire and, and it spread. Man, Zechariah, I want you to think about his life. He was the chosen priest that year. That's rare. We've talked about that process. I'm not going to get into it. But that's a rare thing to be the chosen priest who was to go into the temple and worship and pray and hear a word from the Lord. And once he did, the rule was, once you go in and you hear a word from the Lord, you come out and you tell people what God said. That's what you're supposed to do. But instead, Zechariah goes in, hears a word from the Lord, and doesn't believe it. Comes out, and when he's supposed to speak a word, can't speak because of his disobedience. And that's what disobedience does to us. When we're relying on our own strength, doing our own thing, our first instinct isn't to spread the word of God. Y'all with me? Have you experienced that before? Of course. But look what he did. He comes out of the suffering. Nine months, mouth shut. Open his mouth and finally he starts spreading the word of God. He praises God. He worships God. And all of the community starts wondering, what's going on here? What's this baby about? They start questioning, okay, something's happened to Zechariah. Like I said, next week, it's about to get real serious in here. I'm really excited. I want you to read these next, this next section, 67 to verse 80. Read that this week. Because that's what Zechariah is coming. And he, I mean, literally, he's speaking and praising God, talking about salvation. Don't miss out next week, okay? Don't, don't go on vacation. All right? But today I'm going to end with this. Real simple. Are you being obedient? Are you hearing God call you and are you listening to it? Not just listening, but are you doing what Jesus is calling you to do? James 1 has a lot to say about that. James 1 has a lot to say about being not just a hearer of the word, but a what? A doer of the word. So my question to you, are you being obedient to what God is calling you to do? And if you don't know what God's calling you to do, let me help you a little bit. The first thing that God is calling you to do is repent of your sin. If you are not daily repenting from your sin, that means turning away from your sin and choosing to follow God. You're missing something and you need to repent. That's a daily thing. That's not a little a thing when you're little, you repent once and you're saved now and you live the rest of your life doing what you want. We have to be repenting from sin every single day because every single day we turn away from God. So repent. God is calling you, the second thing, real easy, to be obedient. Jesus says, if you love me, you'll do what? You'll keep my commandments. If you're a friend of mine, they say, then obey. Are you obeying? Are you in your life being something that's lighting a fire in your family, your friends, the community? Is your heart being transformed because of how much you're being obedient to God and what God's mercy is doing in your life? Are you being obedient? If not, let's repent and get it going. Let's not wait. God's hand, right? I mean, think about that. They didn't know what was going on. The people around them, the the neighbors, the friends, no one knew what God was doing here. All they knew was that God's hand must be all over them. That the Lord's mercy was in their life. 
let's be the people that show, I love what Ken said, let's be the people in this country that shows not just patriotism, but shows that God's mercy is good and we need it. Are you being obedient? Because when you decide to become obedient, better know God's going to light a fire under your butt. And you better get it going. I want you all to stand with me. I'm going to have the worship team come up. This is going to be our time of response. Very simple. God is calling you to repent of your sin. God also calls you to follow me. That's one of the things that we learned to do this week. That was the first lesson we did. I love it. Follow me. I'll make you pictures of men. Right? If you are not following Jesus, decide to do that. Without Jesus, man, we have nothing. And the gospel is you need him. You need Jesus Christ to be not just your Savior, Savior from your sins. You need Jesus to be the Lord over your life. And when I talk to kids and, and they want to accept Christ, I always tell them, you know, you have to make Jesus the boss over your life. Some of you adults know what that means. Some of you are bosses. Some of you are boss, right? But as Christians, I want you to ask yourself, make it as simple as I can, is Jesus the boss over your life? You get your call and command from Jesus Christ. Are you being so obedient to him that everyone around you is wondering, what is going on? I want to tell you, you can be obedient. You can follow Jesus. You can live a life that proves that God's mercy is good. Don't let the enemy tell you that you can't do it. Because God's power and His grace and mercy will lead you through it. And you can make a difference for His kingdom. That's why God created you. You have to decide if you are going to be obedient. Just like I have to decide every day when I wake up, am I going to be obedient to God's call or am I going to do what I want to do? So if you are a believer in this day, you are a Christian, you have a relationship with God, maybe your mouth has been shut for too long. It is time to become obedient, choose to be obedient, start praising and setting his word on fire for everyone else. If you're not believing in it, you've never surrendered your life to Jesus. Jesus is calling you right now. The first step is to be obedient to that call. So by your head, I will pray. If you need to make a decision today, the altar is here if you need to come and pray. Come and do it. If you need to pray, if you want to pray, I'll pray with you. You need to join the church. I don't know if you need to rededicate your life. I don't know what that is, but I want you to be obedient. Heavenly Father, God, I pray right now, Lord, just thank you for your mercy and how good it is. God, thank you for what you did with Zachariah, how you shut his mouth so that he can truly have faith in you, God, he can truly come to an obedience to you, God. God, I pray that we wouldn't have to get to the point where our mouth is shut. That we would choose to be obedient to you, God. And Lord, I pray 
your hand to be over our lives, God, and when we do too be obedient, you bless it so that not all of us can um, praise us for who we are, but that we can literally just point everybody to you. That our lives would prove to be different and literally just to uh, literally point to you, God. So God, I pray that someone in the needs to do the same for you, give them the strength and the courage, uh, and remind them that you are with them when they make a decision. It needs to be um, a decision to be obedient and, and living daily for you, God. Give them the courage to do so. It is to be obedient and following you as, as it, um, your Lord and their Savior, God. I pray that you give them the courage to do so. But God, I also pray for this church that we would choose to be obedient to you and your call, bro.